It's a pleasure to see everybody here today. It's definitely a pleasure to be in this the house of the Lord. Our sermon today will be coming from Matthew, the 16th chapter, verses 13 through 19. Matthew 16, verses 13 through 19. And as we continue and wrapping up with the, uh, the series of the stories of, of change, and as we go into this message today, keeping in mind that we're still fresh off of about four months in the study of Mark, of Jesus, with Jesus as our focal point. And as we look at our message here today, a very important question is being asked by Jesus, and he's asking it to Peter, but he's also asking it to you and I here today. Who do you say that I am. Let us bow our heads. Dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to preach your word here today. Lord, I ask that you bless and anoint this word. Holy Spirit, guide me through this message. Lead me and guide me of what to say and what not to say. Cause me not to speak from my flesh. And now, Lord, I just ask a special blessing upon our church, upon this church, the fellowship here today. Lord, just bless everyone's hearts, their souls, their minds. Just cause us all to be receptive to your word today. And Lord, I ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. As we pick up here in Matthew, the uh, 16th chapter, and we'll read the, the verses, beginning at verse 13. And it reads, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and, and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 
So as we start out with our message today, we see that Jesus, they are coming off the feeding uh, of the 4,000. And he had just warned his disciples to beware of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, of, of the leaven of them. That is the false doctrine that they would be presenting and that they were always presenting. But we see here when they came in the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who are the people saying that I am? Who do men say that I am the son of man? We see here Jesus declaring himself as the son of man. If you'll just turn for a moment, keep your finger there and go to Daniel. Seventh chapter, the Son of Man, and we see this term within the context of our scriptures, the Son of Man, keeping in mind that Jesus was the Son of Man, his humanity. He was the Son of God, his divinity. We see here in Daniel, the seventh chapter, in verse 13. And it reads, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven, he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. And let's keep that in mind as we go back to Matthew, the 16th chapter, with Jesus declaring himself as the Son of Man. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mark 10 and 45 tells us. And so they said there in verse 14, so they said, some say John the Baptist, Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. People were just throwing out different things. They weren't sure. Keep in mind all the miracles that the Lord Jesus Christ had been doing up until this point. The feeding of the 4,000, of the 5,000. Peter had saw him walking on the water and it even bid the Lord Jesus let him to walk on the water. And he did for a while. But his focus got off of Jesus and he began to sink. And he said, Lord, save me. And immediately he stretched out his hand and pulled him up. All of these things the demon possessed being healed. The woman with the issue of blood who had heard that a man named Jesus was coming through town and made her way and pushed her way through the crowd just to touch the hem of a garment, to be healed of the issue of blood that she had suffered for 12 long years. And other miracles that happened, but up until this point, People were throwing out these different names, but Jesus said to the disciples, but who do you say 
that I am. After studying the book of Mark for four months and hearing sermons from the preachers here at the fellowship for four months, after the mighty things that Jesus has been doing in our lives, in your lives, he is getting in our face today. He's in your face saying, who do you say that I am? He asked me this week when I was walking and, and thinking about this sermon and contemplating well, Tim, who do you say that I am? And my list just went on and on and on. You want to hear some of them? He's my redeemer. He's my prince of peace. He's my mighty and wonderful counselor, the everlasting father. He's my healer. He's my friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's my friend in the midnight hour. Because God is not a God who neither sleeps nor slumbers. Jesus wants to know the day. He's talking to you. Who do you say that I am? And that's what Jesus was saying to the disciples here. They have been together for a while now and people are saying this and that. But who do you say that I am? And we know that Peter was not a bashful one. Peter stepped right up and answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. See, this was a time of, of self-discovery for Peter, a time of revelation for Peter. It's a time of self-discovery for all of us. The more that we live on this earth and we encounter and experience the Lord Jesus Christ, he always wants us to examine ourselves and find out more and more about us through him. So we see this is a time of self-discovery and revelation. And he said, you are the Christ, that is, you are the Christos, the anointed one, the long-awaited for Christ, the son of, a of the living God, born of the Virgin Mary, when the Holy Spirit had overshadowed her. <laughs> it wasn't a man wasn't Joseph who caused her to be with child. It was the Holy Spirit that came upon her. Jesus, the son of the living God, his only begotten son. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Blessed are you. Happy are you, Simon Barjona. He now entered a state of blessedness. When God reveals the Lord Jesus to you, you are blessed. You are happy in the Lord. 
God had revealed this to Simon Bar-Jonah, not man, not what the people were saying, but by the Spirit of God. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Simon Bar-Jonah, meaning Simon the son of Jonah, has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Do you remember the day that the Lord Jesus Christ was revealed to you? That he came into your heart and he took up residence. Do you remember when you were born again? This came from heaven. This came from God. I don't know about you, but I remember my experience as clear as day. It was God Almighty in the heavens who touched my spirit. The Holy Spirit touched my spirit, the spirit of man in me. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. As we look at Peter, Petros, meaning a stone or a rock. This was the name that was given to him. And on this rock, I will build my church. The church wasn't now being built on Peter, but the confession of faith that Peter gave. That Jesus was the son of the living God, that he was the Christ being built upon this rock. You see, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And upon this foundation, no other man can lay. There's no other foundation that a man can lay except Jesus Christ. He is the chief cornerstone. Who do you say that I am? Peter had been drawn to Jesus. And you see, God has a timetable for everybody. You have to ask yourself the question today, am I born again? Am I saved? Romans 10 and 9 simply says, if you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. Have you gone through that experience with the Lord? If not, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. For just a moment, if we'll go to the book of John, the sixth chapter. 
book of John, the sixth chapter. And verse 65. And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. Nobody comes to Jesus unless it is granted by God the Father in heaven. I'm so glad that one day God granted me the opportunity to come before the throne, the mighty Jesus Christ, to bow before him in humbleness, to ask for forgiveness of my sins. When's the last time you had a serious repentance session? We all need to repent of our sins. It's just not a one-time occurrence in our lives. But it goes on to say, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? See, Jesus was talking to the disciples. He was asking them, who do you say I am? He's asking us today, disciples, followers of Jesus Christ, who do you say I am? But there are disciples, and then there are disciples. We see that these disciples here in verse 66 says, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. They turned back. It's because of what he was talking about. Let's look there at verse 53. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead, he who eats this bread will live forever. He's speaking in spiritual terms, not in the natural. We go down there a little bit in verse 61. Jesus said, it is the spirit who gives life. There's nothing but life in Jesus. On that day, Peter received life. On that day, the church was established and is still living up until this day because Jesus is alive and well. The words that I speak to you are spirit 
and they are life, but there are some of you who do not believe. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to them who believe, to the Jew first, and also the Gentile, to them who believe. There is power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're hearing the good news from the report from one of our families. In our leadership this morning, meeting this morning, one of the gentlemen was talking about the good report from the doctor and his illness. There's healing in Jesus Christ. There is a bomb in Gilead. Back there to Matthew, the 16th chapter, as we wind our message down. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, keeping in mind that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. My church, my ecclesia, it means the called out ones. Peter was being called out. The disciples were being called out from the norm. We have been called out to be the church, the called out ones from the world who have heard the voice of the Lord calling us. He has touched our conscience. He has touched our minds to believe in the crucifixion and the rising of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who do you say that I am? That question is being asked today. Who do you say I am? When you leave here today, let that question just be in your head, but give the Lord a definitive answer. Declare who he is just like Peter did. He said that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Stand fast in the liberty of the Lord and proclaim him in your life. We have to have a, a made-up mind. See, Peter and the others, the disciples, they were going to have to have a made-up mind for the adventures, the work, the missions, the trials and tribulations that were going to come before them. They had to have a made-up mind. They had to have a strong will. If we would, briefly, let's go to Romans. Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans, the 12th chapter. And we've heard this verse, these verses a lot, but today let's let it really sink in. Chapter 12, verse 1, where Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Have we really presented ourselves as a living sacrifice 
our bodies, all of us, all of our being, have we presented it to God for his will? Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, your reasonable worship. After all that he's done for us, hanging upon the cross, suffering for us, for you and for me, shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. It's our reasonable service. It's our reasonable worship of him to give ourselves wholly unto the Lord and do not be conformed to this world. See, there's a lot going on in this world and the world is influencing us, not just the young people. We always say the young people are getting caught up in the world. No, the prince of the power of the air, he's after all of us. He wants to sift all of us like wheat. But let this be a reminder. Be transformed. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We got to make new again. Got to make this mind strong again. that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In order to do the will of God, we have to have a made-up mind. We have to line up our will with his will because it's still a choice. Everybody has a choice. Adam and Eve had a choice, and they chose to disobey God. Free will. Everybody has free will. It's a choice. What we do, whether or not we line up our will with God or line up our will with the world, or if we just operate from our own selves, our own natural man, the flesh, Paul says that there is no good thing in the flesh. So if we say, well, I'm not going to be in the world, and well, just kind of in between, I'll do my own thing. There's no good thing in the flesh. Let's go back to Matthew. The 16th chapter. I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The gates of death, the grave, you see, gates are, are made to keep something in or to keep something out. See, you can be here today and be dead. You can be the walking dead here today. If we're operating by a natural mind, if we're operating by our flesh and not by the Spirit of God. Let's go to back to Romans. Briefly, Romans here, the eighth chapter and the sixth verse. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Carnally minded is death. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's hostile against God. 
It's in opposition against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But upon our profession of faith, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of God. We are to continually build up the church, not the physical church, in 1 Peter, the second chapter, for the sake of time, you don't have to go there. 1 Peter, the second chapter, but you can. It says in the fourth verse, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones. See, we are to be on top of the chief cornerstone, the foundation that no other man can lay. As living stones, we are alive in Christ Jesus. New creatures in Christ Jesus are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we are being built up spiritually together as living stones on top of the chief corner stone. And as we go back there for a moment to Romans, the eighth chapter, just got to share this with you. Verse 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. See, we are crucified with Christ. Over 2,000 years ago, he was crucified, and we were crucified with him. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. So in the spirit, we see these old bodies as dead, crucified. But the Spirit of God is now in us. And these mortal bodies now live by the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It creates you into a new creature. You just don't live life like you used to. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. The gates of hell will prevail against you. Your life on this earth will become miserable. Some of us now, we have loved ones who are in the gates of Hades. But we, we begin to pray for them. 
and praise the Lord, that's when we raid the gates of hell. We got to be willing to raid the gates of hell. Because remember, gates are made to either hold in or keep someone out. Are you willing to kick down the gates for your loved ones? Are you willing to kick down the gates for a stranger? Love your neighbor as yourself. I'm so glad that Jesus hung there, bled and died for me and didn't judge me. Because if he looked at my old track record, I don't know if he'd have hung now for me. We got to be willing to raid the gates of Hades. Be faithful unto the Lord. And we'll be able to crowd Abba, Father. That's on down there in chapter 8 of, of Romans in 15. Just want to talk about Abba, Father. Heard somebody do a devotion on that the other day. Who do you say I am? I say to the Lord today, Abba, Father, my daddy, 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 daddy. My earthly dad is gone on. He's in the ground. But I have an eternal father in heaven, and so do you. And we cry out, Abba, Father. Daddy, we love you. Daddy, we worship you. There in Matthew 16, as we wind out our message. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus was now given to not only Peter, but those other disciples. And even up until today, those who confess upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he gives us the ability to teach, to preach, to guide, to give wisdom. But in this particular instance, he was given the keys of the kingdom to them, to Peter. Peter would now go on to, uh, to preach and to teach to the, to the Gentiles and the Jews. He would teach the Gentiles that there was no respect of person, that there was not to be no distinction in Acts 10 and 12, not to call any man unholy or clean because in those times, the Jews had no association with any type of Gentile, wouldn't talk, wouldn't eat with, but now everything was being loose. Dietary rules were being changed. Food would now be blessed and, and be holy. Circumcision now meant nothing. You go to Galatians 5, 1 and 6, and then go to Colossians, and it says to do away with all of these worshiping of the Sabbath, of the holy days, the days of feasts, more than worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. So now as we close our message and the praise team comes forth, to lead us in a, a closing song. We keep in mind that Jesus is Lord. There's a lot more I would like to go over concerning the law here at the end of our message.
But if you would, go to Galatians 5 and read up and also Galatians 4 and 9 and also in Colossians, the second chapter. But who do you say that I am? Let us bow our heads. Dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. Lord, I hope and pray that everything that has been said has been pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.